Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Student Ministry Director Josh Schweitzer as we talk about his preaching influences and leadership from our series, A Living Hope. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. In the armchair with me today is the Director of Student Ministries here for FPC Lakeland, Josh Schweitzer. Welcome, Josh. Good morning. Thank you. I good, feel, feel very welcome. Good, good to have you back in the armchair. Uh, third time around, I think. Fourth time around? Third time around. Third, yeah. And a second time coming out of a classic service. Correct. I think the last yeah. time you and I spoke, you also had preached in the classic service. That is right. Yeah. So um, this week we were in the middle, uh, we're still continuing in a series uh, called uh, Living Hope. Um, we're looking at um, extended view, our extended series in the epistle of First Peter. As often as I can get to say the word epistle, I, <laughs> I try to do that. Um, but before we jump in that today, you know, you and I have covered some some different topics related to the overall kind of craft of preaching and the the you know your your outlook on it, challenges you know to to varying circumstances. But so I want to kind of back up a little bit and and talk about influences. You know, yeah. for you, this is something that John and I've talked about. Um, when Rebecca was here, we talked about it. Kenny and I talked about it. Um, I think it's always interesting to hear from people who preach. Uh, what is it that that really inspires you um, and has has molded you to be the communicator that you are, both with youth ministry, where you know large group setting, very much like a sermon on a Sunday uh, on a Sunday morning to a modern worship service, smaller scale, but very much like that, and even on a Sunday morning, like in a classic traditional service, what are the things that really have inspired and molded you over the course of your ministry? Yeah, great question. Um, if I were to trace it back to when I was younger, uh, my, my father was a preacher. Um, the interesting thing about the way he approached, and, and I do think this was somewhat of a style back in those days, he had like basically sermons for a year already and he would kind of rotate them and then build another year and he would kind of just go through like i want to say like three years worth of of sermons and and not really deviate from that maybe the the opening joke he would and by the way the the joke had zero segue to the (laughs) sermon like had no connection it was just a joke to break the ice or whatever And, and 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 not to 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 bash my dad but i remember growing up listening to that going, I don't know how I realized this, but there was a part of me that goes, I'm not connecting to that style. And I, I wonder if there's another way. Yeah. And so one, one, uh, I was probably 17 at this point, we joined another church and I honestly cannot remember his name. This is in San Antonio. And he got up and he began to preach, um, I don't even know if there's a proper name for this, Zach, but it's mm-hmm. uh, kind of the narrative-focused um, 
preaching in the style of like telling a story. Yeah, so, it's like um, narrative style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that at this point, so that would have been 2003 to somewhere in the 2000s. Yeah. That was new to me. I'd never heard. And you were about how old then? I would have been probably, probably 17 or so. Okay, so really a formative kind of time where you're, you know, that's a that's a real big formative time for faith and and you know your own kind of if you have a pretty deep faith already what is that going to how is that going to how are you going to live that out so that's and so was it a was it a kind of like an emergent church sort of was he influenced by emergent style no, or, no? I, I don't i don't know what inspired yeah. him it was yeah. just the first and i loved it for the first yeah. time I, I think um I'm a very, how would I say this? I'm not emotionally driven because I've been accused of being a, a robot at other times. <laughs> uh, so, but I have I have 50% on both sides. But I, I am stirred by pathos. Yeah. I, I, there's something about somebody speaking with, I mean, you, you do it every uh, Sunday that you preach. You, you There's a certain... Um, uh, energy and yeah. passion for what you're saying, and and that inspires some, and for others that they don't rise to the, you yeah. know, for them it kind of actually might turn them off. So it's not for everyone, but this particular guy spoke with a pathos in a way that, for the first time, I connected scripture with real life, yeah. what was happening internally, and 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 through the Bible, and. And I wasn't. I in fact, my promise when I came to the Lord was I didn't want to be a pastor. That's right. Uh, so I, had I, I made, no... you know, I think I made the same promise to the God at that time so, too. <laughs> so if you're listening out there, don't make that promise because right, yeah. you'll definitely you be a pastor. Definitely be a pastor. <laughs> no. So I. So it wasn't. I had no plans of preaching at that point, yeah. but it was for the first time that. And so then later, when I began uh, through Young Life to kind of doing some teaching stuff. Um, I found myself naturally gravitating to that. But the the person that kind of formed my preaching style for a long time was Francis Chan, who's, yeah. you know, pretty um, energetic. Relative, yeah, well, very energetic <laughs> and, and relatively new pastor in, in that sense. But yeah. um, I immediately gravitated to, I mean, he uses his hands a lot and I yeah. do too. And so, uh, but I think obsessively mm-hmm. almost to a T I became, you know, cause when you're a new preacher, yeah. you tend to emulate the guys yeah. that you like, um, to a fault. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it can kind of become a crutch cause it becomes less about what God is doing through your skill set or through mm-hmm. your calling. And it becomes more about me being Chan on That's stage. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, so yeah, those those were the uh, and I, and ironically, I I in my sermon had preached about Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll actually was uh, someone I had gravitated to. Sure, he was very fierce in his preaching, still is to this yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. And coming from a Southern Baptist background, uh, he wouldn't necessarily say fire and brimstone, but he's about as it's close to the close, modern man. version pretty, pretty of that. Close, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there was something in me that, but again, it's passion. So yeah. I think the pathos of it kind of, um, and meant to be meant to be transformative, not just informative. I correct. think that's the, I think what Chan and, and Driscoll and, and I'm, uh, you know, the, the pastor you probably saw when you're 17, the, the, uh, the, the, purpose is always gospel transformation not just biblical information bingo yeah and and i think that's when you think transformatively about past uh, about your sermons um there is a passion because you you feel a sense of urgency i mean uh, uh, you know I, I am a passionate um preacher uh i i 
been that's been like you said it's been used both as a compliment <laughs> and not as a compliment uh but for me there and I, the thing that i think strikes people is when they meet me in person yeah well yeah there's... i'm a pretty like chill laid back mm-hmm. i don't get but it's because to me and it's not a fake thing it's because to me when i get up when i open that word and i'm and I and I believe it, and I believe it for myself, and I believe it for the congregation. To me, I feel like I may get one chance with the, with with whatever the individuals are, and they got to know I mean it. Like I like this is I don't. There's a lot of stuff I say that I like in regular life that I'm like I'm very careful about my words mm-hmm. and all that. But when it could, when I get up on the 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 the, st- the pulpit, the stage, whatever that that's that. that uh, that message has been prayed through. It's been, been, um, been studied. It, I, I believe it, you know, I know it and, and, uh, it, it's, it's a passionate thing. So, yeah. Well, no, I, I and, and you can feel it as, as a recipient. Mm. Um, I, I'll say this years ago, I, I looked at, um, I was watching a YouTube video of Francis Chan and I looked in the comments and there was a guy who commented that said, you know, I'm an atheist and I don't believe what Chan is saying, but I believe he believes that. Absolutely. And that makes me curious. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know why, but that is rooted in my head to go, could you be so passionate about something and so delighted and so in awe of someone that even a person who's an unbeliever and goes, I don't believe it, goes, ah, but this guy makes me kind of believe there might be something yeah. to this. And so I, I think that that kind of imprinted in my head mm-hmm. to be, Lord, um, and, and is it? And I think it's G.K. Chesterton that talks about like to be boring preaching is like the war, <laughs> you know, it's like the anathema to God, like like be interesting, be yeah. you know. Um, and, and there are there are deviations where it can become more about me and my stories or whatever rather than the word of God. Yeah. But I think Jesus shows us in his preaching. I mean, most of his stories are stories, that's right? right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. he, that's what he does. He casts mm-hmm. images through mm-hmm. his words and draws you into it mm-hmm. and, and draws a particular people he's speaking to into who, that who were yeah. farmers and, you know, uh, kind of your everyday um, workers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I and I think one of the things that I appreciate, I got to actually, uh, because because we have very kooky, uh, kooky, maybe not the right word. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get chastised for that later, but <laughs> we have very different boundaries about communion and stuff. So I had to come into eight fifteen to to serve communion, even though I was preaching in Vine on Sunday. Um, but it was the thing that was a, bl- a major blessing. It's always a blessing to serve communion, but it was a real blessing to get to hear you preach live in the mm-hmm. classic service because the last time uh, you were in classic I was also in vine and I I was limited to watching it online which you, you do a great job but as we've talked about that's a different animal man yeah. it's it's still preaching but it's so different I mean there's almost like a different category for what that is <laughs> it's true I don't know it's not te- it's different than teaching to a to a crowd it's different than you know facilitating a small group it's different than preaching to a live audience, a live congregation. So it was a it was a joy for me to be able to sit and watch and listen and be under your teaching authority at the 815 service mm-hmm. to see how <clears throat> your energy and passion which I've seen in in the in the vine service uh, which maybe people think is more of a natural fit for that kind of high energy style, but to see how you translated that into an 815 environment, which is not just our classic service, but our 
early classic <laughs> yeah, verse. Very different uh, uh, very group fa- of people. Very <laughs> faithful group of people, very different. But man, you got them, you got them engaged in a way that was really um, inspiring for me uh, because a lot of times at 815, I... I you know, sometimes I paint that congregation with a particular brush, and I, I modify my uh, approach. Um, sure. O- overcorrect, maybe is probably the right mm-hmm. word. There's a, there is a, you, you do have to modify, right? I mean, you would preach. Oh yeah. I think mean, you would preach what you preached on Sunday differently in Vine. Very much so. <clears throat> and very differently on a Wednesday night to your yeah. students um, than you would the A15 service. But there was still quite a bit of that. That, that element of passion and, and storytelling. It was great for me to be able to see that from you, and I, I appreciated your sermon on Sunday. Thank you. And uh, glad that we were sharing that topic. I had, I had to be really careful. I did end up referencing what yeah. I had heard. <laughs> that, yeah. um, That's great, though. But, uh, but I had to be really careful. I went into it saying, okay, you can't let what he's saying overly influence, influence what you're going <laughs> to say later. Even though we're preaching on – and we, 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 we uh, treaded on a lot of the same – kind of terrain yeah so as you um as you were looking at this passage from first peter chapter five you know what it's pretty straightforward you know who he's addressing how he's addressing them and then you know what the purpose is behind it but what were you you know what was your real uh, goal in yeah presenting this passage in our context today because yours is um, very contextual, which I, I which I thought was great, very contextualized for our particular moment. Yeah. Well, so anytime I approach scripture, because uh, <laughs> of my particular job, I do talk to very varying degrees spectrum of age groups and um, where people are mentally, where people are uh, spiritually, and so because of that, every group I preach to, I have to specifically as I'm reading the text going. What what good and hope is there for this group that yeah. I'll be in? So to to be fair, even in eight fifteen, I would go. Well, this is a different group. Yeah, very. Different. Now, I'm not retconning and changing sure, sure, sure. it all, but but I know some jokes will fly in this group or not, mm-hmm. not in that group, that sort of thing. But so um, I'm uh, honestly asking the Holy Spirit, can you highlight what would be the best um, hopeful message for this group. I'm going to, cause to your point, if I was in vine, I would have probably come up with something different, you know, slightly different. Yeah. Um, and so in lieu of who's coming to a classical service, I knew that there are a lot of, um, adults who have been traveling and journeying with Jesus for, mm-hmm. um, either a, a great amount of time or at least, um, uh, for a bit of time. And what does uh, a conversation about humility and leadership look like in lieu of those individuals yeah. in front of us? And so, mm-hmm. so First Peter does say at the very kind of uh, bottom part of it, okay, so younger, you know, submit yourself to this yeah. authority. If I was speaking to a younger crowd, I probably would have highlighted more so on that end of things sure, sure. and how we should be looking for the examples that look like this. You yeah. Know? Um, and how we're trying to attain that and kind of become that. Um, yeah. But for this crowd, it was um, – and I um, – one of the things – and I don't think I got this from Chan per se, but one of the things that I feel driven by is to connect real-life events and things happening around us mm-hmm. uh, to the reality of where's, where's God and his kingdom breaking through that. And yeah. so – as I'm reading about leadership, we have unfortunately 
a lot of bad leadership, but sure. we also have great. And I, one of the stories I took out yeah. was Henry Nowen's story of, if, I don't know, do you know? Or yeah. I might even mm. not saying his last name. No, Nowen's close enough. That's how I say it. So you're probably right then. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and just his, you know, here he is rising to fame, writing book after book yeah. after, and just kind of becoming one of those celebrity pastors in a sense. And just decides to go to the arch community yeah. where he's serving an individual who can't even speak. Yeah, speaking and that's yeah. and whole, that's whole, how he ended it. Whole community of folks uh, with the special need, uh, special needs community. It's what kind of drew me to some of um, his writings because of where he was at there too. And and you, know, you could say the same thing with like a Eugene Peterson. You know, yep. Eugene Peterson's uh, probably one of the most. He's up there in terms of 20th century, late 20th century authors, especially with pastors and Presbyterian at, at that, mm-hmm. um, and and spent his entire pastoral ministry in a church of roughly two to 300 people when you know the invitations were there to take the bigger church, take the, take the, the you know, he, you know, he did speaking engagements and he did, you know, those sorts of things, but he kept himself into a, in a, in a kind of a more humble uh, position, uh, and and uh, I think to his credit, you know. But think of all the, think of how many because you know Eugene Peterson was a pastor of pastors, and yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. How much impact he's made, sure, because he chose to exponential be humble exponentially and utilize God's sounds. So I love that. That wow. that for me is inspired. So if I had had more time, yeah, unpack some of that I, stuff. I would have added like, okay, so here's sorry, I'm like messing <laughs> things up. Here's here's Driscoll on, on one side, and not to pick on my hope actually is for Driscoll to come to repentance yeah. and and to be retransformed by God. I don't think that's happened yet, but. But I'm not. I don't want to pick on him specifically. But here's one. Kind we could of we leadership. we could pick on uh, other folks too if you want because there's too many. I mean, we can just drop <laughs> some names giant, now. But yeah. I but I would have loved to highlight other yeah. individuals like Henry Now and even Eugene Peterson that yeah. that stayed the course and actually like Francis Chan who actually gave up big church yeah big church and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. It's just he chose. Hey, this is leading me in a direction that I see myself. Well, and it's interesting too. I think. Um, you know, as, as you were preaching, uh, and I started, and I, I was talking to Paul Sewich, we were talking about leadership, I think maybe before the sermon, and 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 one of the things that struck me, and this this is one of those cutting room floor things like you're talking about with Henri Nouwen and, and some of the other positive examples is, historically, uh, at, least since, at least since the Reformation, and probably even before that, some of the greatest church leaders have not always been the greatest people. I mean, you think about even... Like yeah. I know, I know, I know. When I was in uh, Luther, <laughs> yeah, I mean Luther. Luther had his his struggles, um, but you know, I think about like I remember when I was in church history in seminary, just being like really, really shocked that you know how you know the stories of him being just a terrible husband and father. You know, his his legend has I don't know how legendary it is or how factual it is, but it was you know. That his daughter was a prostitute, you know, like, and and we're thinking, man, I mean, that's so there 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 was some lack there, right? There was yeah. some lack there, and and maybe it was in a priority situation or not. But you know, I I am, uh, but nowadays I think we get one. We we just there are a lot more churches, mm-hmm. just tons more churches, and we don't only know about the 
the major ones that fall. We also know about all the minor ones that fall. I mean, I get a, I, yeah. I get an email pretty much every single day from a particular ministry that's base, basically counts itself as an accountability ministry uh, that highlights, you know, where where there's been financial indiscretions and power indiscretions on churches that are you know, a couple hundred people. And that's not to diminish those church sizes, but it can happen anywhere. And I think you, you talked about that idea that, which, 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 uh, Mark, Mike Cosper does in his, in his mm-hmm. podcast about this can happen, um, like in, in, in anywhere because there is a certain a- attraction to, um, you know, the pulpit is, is, is a place that will attract the best and the worst. Yeah. And you've seen it firsthand. Mm hmm. And I've seen it from the other side, where elders have been on, you know, not given the not given the big stage, but given, you know, uh, the head the head seat at the the conference table or the money or resources yeah, aspect and, of it. Yeah. And it, and it can be really, really, um, it can be really damaging, mm-hmm. um, both especially for those of us that are in. A professional ministry to see that from both sides, and and I struggle. I don't know how about you, but being being that you've seen some of those those, those leaders in that situation, I sometimes struggle with a, a certain cynicism. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I wonder. I wonder how you know P- Peter doesn't really talk about that. I'm not sure that there were enough generations of people to have <laughs> like point, terrible. Yeah. But there, I mean, we obviously know that there were some terrible leaders because Paul addresses some of them. You know, and and he well, even in the book of Revelation, Jesus is already yeah. accounting for some of the churches and their wanderings. And you're talking about six decades, maybe between right. the end of Jesus. I mean, the, the Jesus end of his earthly ministry and ascension into heaven to the writing of Revelation in right. in, in the nineties or early hundred uh, A.D. That's not a lot of time, but so it, it demonstrates how that happens. So I wonder, like, if you would talk to people just for a second about how you deal with some of the because both of us have stayed the course mm-hmm. even though we have seen the other side of of yeah, of, of bad side. leadership so <laughs> not to say that yeah but how do you deal with that cynicism and that that uh that 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 str- struggle so to speak with with those those sorts of leaders and stay in the course that's a great question, Zach. Because I, I see, do... and I didn't prep you with any of these questions, no. just so people know he doesn't get any of these. Nobody gets any <laughs> of these questions. This is off. This is off the cuff, so you get well, a little bit more authentic uh, and I reaction. Men- I, I mentioned in my sermon, I, I, I personally, and I actually have more than five friends that have um, either been burned out because of kind of this like tyrannical leader, or to your point, have had an eldership team that was so nightmarish that. Um, so I, I've always asked the question, God, why did you know why did they burn out and why yeah. did not what was the difference and um i i don't know i'm not them ultimately i will say this what what triggered in me was maybe something that i didn't hear in their stories was there isn't maybe this is the cynicism or maybe this is the wisdom of discernment which is i expect there to be wolves and sheep's clothing because the scriptures said there would yeah, be yeah yeah so yeah. there's a part of me who, when I, I kind of came through a rough upbringing, saw the darkness of humanity within Christianity very quickly. Yeah. So my whole upbringing was kind of enmeshed in that. And I think because of that, it's not like I go looking for shadows or darkness in every corner, 
But there was an expectation to know for every good, beautiful thing that God is making, Satan is coming up with a replacement, right? The, mm-hmm. the cheaper version, but it's shinier and yeah. and, um, and attractive. You know, it's the bait and hook sort of mm-hmm. thing. And so there is a part of me who is just not, it sounds bad, that's not surprised um, so that when it does happen, um, I'm expecting yeah. um, for God to remain faithful through perseverance no matter what comes next. Yeah. And so in the last um, particular time that this happened to me, um, I lost my job for doing the right thing. Yeah. And I knew it was coming, Zach. Yeah. I, I my time it. with Jesus was so good. Yeah. Because I was like months ahead, he was prepping my heart. Because I'm yeah. going, Lord, I already see where this is kind of going. Yeah. But I just want you to know, God, as terrible as a human as I am, sometimes I just want to do what's right in your eyes. So, so part of my prayer was, if I'm seeing it wrong, can you, you like, gotta, yeah, can you shut my 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 sinful heart down and just mm. reorient to me? And there were times that that tweaking yeah. would happen, but but ultimately it kind of accumulated into me going, hey, this isn't right, yeah. and I can't be silent about it. And um, knowing it would cost me that, and it did. And you know what? It was funny. I walked away from the the letting go meeting mm. um, happier. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "And we're done. I'm yeah. free." But I also felt like I did exactly what God was calling yeah. me to. But I didn't walk away from that going, "Well, that's it. Yeah. It's over I'm and done. done with." So, so to maybe succinctly is there's an expectation that Satan is always going to be jabbing and stabbing at the the kingdom of Christ, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where the good stuff's happening. That's yeah. where God's uh, making an impact. The second part is, if I'm not just communing with God, I know this is so generic-y, but if I'm not in tune with him and just praying and and constantly going, God, guard my heart, God, recorrect me, God, here's repentance, here's, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting reshaped on a daily, multiple daily, moment-by-moment uh, moment sort of thing, then uh, uh, that willingness, the call for an elder to be willing for yeah. any of us yeah. burns out. We become yeah. curmudgeons. We get bitter. We get callous. And uh, I, I did used to pray. I don't know that I prayed anymore. Lord, if, if I'm going to do something bad in ministry or burn out, can you just take me out? Yeah. <laughs> and that was probably a, not a great prayer to <laughs> pray to God because uh, he tends to follow through. But, um, <laughs> but No, but I was like, I don't want to be one of the guys that just – peters out yeah you know because that's the other side of it is there have been other guys who were not necessarily narcissists or destroying the church by stealing money Uh but you could tell they were just burnt at both ends yeah and just kind of going through the motions and i was like i don't want to be that either yeah you know, like when, when, when Jesus kind of talks about be hot or cold, but just don't be, yeah. the, the don't be in the middle. Don't be lukewarm. Yeah. 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 And, and I'll tell you, man, the cynicism, I mean, I, I, my very, very first ministry job, my professional ministry job as a youth director did not end well. It was one of those, I, um, I ended up resigning in a, in a, in a meeting where I, I knew it was the right thing to do. I had not really thought that it was going to happen, but I knew mm-hmm. it was the right thing to do. And, and, uh, I walked away going, well, that was nice. I didn't want to be a pastor anyway, so let's get back to my degree. <laughs> and uh, and then and then literally less than a week later, a call to to do a, to do another church, uh, be a part of another congregation, uh, opened up, and and uh, the majority of that time was was fruitful and wonderful, and and, and had periods of hard, and mm-hmm. I saw leaders not do the right thing there too, but. 
Um, but then most of the time they did, you know, and, uh, and, and the same thing's been true here. I was there 11, almost, uh, almost, you know, I was there 11 years. Um, so I stick, man, I'm not, and I've been here nine and I've, you know, I've seen the same thing. I've seen great, I've seen leaders do some amazing things and we've had some great leaders and, and moments where leaders have been great. And then there've been times where they've been human beings too. And I've had to battle that cynicism, <laughs> but like sometimes the cynicism is almost, and you said it like wisdom, <laughs> you know, because it's this idea of there is a godly cynicism and i know this is going to sound weird but there is an I, there is this mentality that says you should not look at anybody as anything other than what they are so it's mm-hmm. kind of what i was was saying in the end of my sermon was like every single person we interact with has has great strengths that are given by god as as blessings that are reflections of his image and glory but it's always flawed because they're yeah. also yeah. equally sinners and and, and by the way that's my that's my state too. Me and you both. Yeah. And, and so there are moments where, as much as that person might be really hacking me off, and they, they and they are in the wrong, and they, they might be totally in the wrong. There are as many, if not more, moments where I'm probably in the, that shoes as well too. And and owning that in prayer and then in conversation with other people is is super helpful. Now I I will say I you know I've been doing ministry for I've been preaching since I was seventeen so. You know, I'm 42 now, so do the math. I think it's like 35 years or 20, 20, I'm not 20, that awake. 20, 20, 25, 25 years. <laughs> 25 go. years I've been preaching. Um, some, t- some of that preaching before I actually became a Christian, so that's a whole different deal. But, um, you know, I've, I've been through the, the periods of time uh, where those moments of cynicism have turned into dark nights of the soul where I, I've shown up to work just hmm. – and it's felt like work and not like like – like a calling, you know, yeah. and, and, and there've been seasons where I've had to push through that to say, um, yeah, I'm still called to do this and get to the other side where I, I get excited, you know, and I'm not just excited about the preached word, but excited about seeing people live that preached word out, mm-hmm. um, and see the, the, but the, there are moments where the, the, the disappointments of either other people or the disappointments of circumstances just build up, you know, and it, and it's, it's funny cause Peter, uh, earlier, you know, he, when he's talking about the Christians and the non-Christians in chapter four, and and he he uses that term. Don't be surprised when others mm-hmm. malign you. I think it's chapter four, verse four. We should also like to your point. We should not be surprised when believers disappoint us. Yeah, um, and this is why I think there's so. I haven't done the math on it, but I I would I would venture to say there is almost as much written in the New Testament about the importance of unity in the face of disappointment from believers as almost any other wow. topic, yeah. you know, because I think Paul and Peter and John and the early church experienced, and they, and we know from the book of Acts, they experienced <laughs> it right off the bat, you yeah. know, disagreeing about Jews and Gentiles and Peter has to like, or Paul has to throw John Mark off mission, and then they reconcile well, later on. I mean, and, and every time Paul leaves a ministry, which you know, in some cases was there two, three years, yeah. kind of planting it, building it, writes back to them in a year, year later, and they've they've wandered so far yeah, off. Yeah. Some, I mean, especially the Corinthians, some yeah. of the the wildness of, of what's going on there. But but that's, I mean, that's the um, that's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, kind of pre-preparing us. I mean, it talks about putting on the armor of God. Why do you and I mm. need armor? Yeah. 
Why would he use that term- mm-hmm. terminology? In unfortunately, we've become so relaxed in our comfortability in America and in, in American faith or yeah. spirituality that we forget we have an enemy and we forget the sinfulness of our own heart. Yeah. So, so if I, if I were to do um, really a, a follow up um, to that conversation, part of it is how do we keep putting these kind of people in charge? Yeah. Um, it's an us problem. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, and that's, um, that's one of, one of the things you talked about the podcast, uh, Mark Cosper, that's one of the things that he talks about in the rise and fall of, of Mars Hill is that, you know, we, and that's the collective, we, mm-hmm. we tend to, um, idealize and, and elevate, the charismatic over the character because the charismatic's easy to see mm-hmm. character's hard that's why longevity is important you know i know and, and ironically as i preach i would say i'm a charismatic yeah, individual yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and same is, here i mean that's so, that's, that's uh, so, so it is ironic yeah. standing up there talking yeah. about that because I'm, I'm actually trying to point you to go hey that also means i need accountability sure sure that, and, and i do i have yeah. that i have people yeah. who are peeking in and not just on the surface, who are, who are taking de- deep dives into how is Josh progressing towards Jesus? What are his flaws? What are the mm-hmm. things he's working on? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if I were preaching that to just the elders, the question I would have for them is, what is keeping you from becoming that type of person? Yeah. You know, especially preaching or teaching or head pastors or associates, what keeps you from from getting drawn into the, the darkness that is power? Sure. Which... I was kind of laughing about this, like of all the places to have power, yeah. You're like the church, you know. <laughs> yeah. Go political, like go yeah. somewhere where you can like. But but see, some people, and 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 one of the things I I, I had in my sermon, I'm not sure I said it quite quite this uh, directly, is that you know I think one of the the reasons that the 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 collective we of the church tend to elevate the charismatic over the characters because that's what we see elevated every place else you know that's what we see elevated Correct. in yeah. the political sphere and that's what we see in the uh the business sphere because character uh, doesn't matter i mean what matters is the bottom line the bottom line to getting things done to and clearly it's worked for us as a country yeah clearly <laughs> that's sarcasm yeah, yeah, yeah clearly <laughs> catch that. clearly and and but but it, you know I, and this is the, this is this is a catch twenty two. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'm probably going to have to back up on it a little bit. But you know, when we I when we adopt, and I, I don't say we FPC Lakeland, um, but the collective we of the church, when we adopt a corporate mentality for the mm-hmm. church, and turn that is that measures success based on numbers and popularity and influence and 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 bottom line thinking um uh with with reference to um the the budgets and all those things you will elevate charismatic over character because then the the point is not uh the point is not a faithful gathering of god's people the point is um this has this has the same driving motivations and goals that corporations do and political parties do is is what are they after they're after the influence they're after the power they're after the notoriety they're after the the money um and this is the very thing that peter pushes back against you know don't do it for he calls it shameful gain right and and uh, this is again. There's there's always so much you can unpack, but like that word "shameful" that modifies the word "gain" indicates there is a gain that's had when you're a leader in the in the mm-hmm. in the in the congregation because there is the gain is uh, we get to have one of the most important and and 
um, eternally impactful positions that exists, right? We get the opportunity and are privileged to get the opportunity to stand up and share this great treasure, you know, the pearl of great price every single week with people who desperately need to hear it. Mm. And that is gain for us. We've got to realize, but that's the level where it stops, right? The gain needs to stop with we are we get we get the opportunity to be a vessel for the kingdom of god for the gospel of jesus christ and that's a privilege in and of itself the shameful part is when we take that and say well now i want this now i want the right. now i want you know to be chauffeured around in in you know black car services and i want the private jets or not even going that far you know i want this insulation uh, of of being you know untouchable and and celebrity kind of idea this is where the shame goes or i want to be able to domineer people and and lord it over people i want to f- that that sense of rather than saying no 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 i got i got this gift that was given to me. I didn't earn this. This is the grace of God extended through salvation is also extended to the ministry life that God has given me. And mm-hmm. it is a gift. Mm-hmm. It is a gift that can very easily, God can say, you know what? Um, I'm giving this to somebody else now because because you you clearly are throwing it in the garbage. <laughs> um, so th- there is that gain side, but there's a shame the the shameful gain is what we are called to watch out for. And I, like you said, it takes that it takes that humility, that self check, that that check with other people. Well, in your particular sermon, you kept drawing our attention to shepherding, which man. If we could just preach more about shepherds, shepherds, man, Jeez. because because yeah. shepherds are just not glorious looking. They're yeah. not, you know, warriors, and especially yeah. in that culture, we're still kind of the nobles, yeah. warriors, intellects. We're kind of the highlights. Um, to be a shepherd was like, who ca- you know, who cares? You know, <laughs> it's great. Uh, Thank you for the wool, but you know, yeah. we get 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 back out to the field. Right. We don't want you stinking up our. But, our, but our, to our, the sheep, the shepherd is everything. 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 No, I and love so, that. Yeah. Um, there's just a humility as you're picking fleas and sweating in the sun, and yeah. you know, sometimes your sheep don't listen to you. Um, there's a, there's just there's a beauty of going. It's just not about me. It's not about how well known I am. Yeah. It's about this this flock that has been given to me, and the gifting of getting to um, sh- like direct them and shape them. When isn't it Jesus. so beautiful? It's so beautiful to me that in light of all the the cultural rise and fall that that God's people went through from the Egyptian people to the Babylonians and the Persians um, all the way you know through the intertestamental period to the 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 Romans where they had like you're talking about all these classes of people that were elevated um, and deified if they got to the top mm-hmm. you know the Pharaoh was deified that the emperor of, of Persia Babylon they were deified uh, the emperor of Rome I mean that was the good news was pronounced and the gospel was pronounced from a from a from a Roman standpoint when Rome took over an area. But how interesting that God from the from the jump goes after the image of a shepherd and saying, No, 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 my people are led by shepherds, you know. And I, I just I, to me that is such a beautiful image uh, because it is it's always been countercultural. Mm-hmm. And yet what's the the problem that like you pointed out in your sermon is that we 
are not looking at leadership like shepherding anymore. Even though the word pastor comes from that whole concept of shepherding, <laughs> yeah. we still often don't look at it like that. When some some churches have just totally thrown off the, the pastor moniker because they're like, we're not even we're not even going to pretend that that's what we're doing sure, here. Yeah. You know, um, public speaker extraordinaire. Yeah, it's well, right. no, we highlight the word leader, um, but the. The way we're using that word has been completely transformed to your point by yeah. the by the culture around us, and so yeah, you're you're looking for a businessman at the end of the sure. day, somebody that can get you get your numbers and and and, and sadly, it's not to say that it's not to say that again, I don't want to knock the numbers no, like no, th- no, no, that. No. There is a place for that, right? There is Correct. a lo- there is a logistical organizational. Kind of, we're we're not. I don't think you and I are advocating for let's tear the whole thing down and go back to house churches for us here at FBC. If you've got a no, house church, no. God bless you, love <laughs> yeah. you. I hope don't throw goes, the baby out with the bathwater. I hope it goes water, great, so but speak. there are yeah. different types of ministries. However, if that becomes the big thing, if that becomes the only thing or the main thing, then then it can really skew how ministry is is run and operated. Yeah. Yeah. Or or yeah. Even if your eldership team now we're we're blessed in the Presbyterian to have kind of that hierarchy of, of, of um, you know, session mm-hmm. kind of ruling, being the ruler or elders, you don't have that balance where your session is made up of shepherds as well. Yeah. Then, then you just by nature have an imbalance, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and you're going to have a power struggle or a vacuum there. Mm-hmm. Which is where often you know things go go sideways. Go awry, yeah. And as you mentioned in your your message, and and I, I picked up a little bit on it in mine. You know, we we at FPC have been extraordinarily blessed mm-hmm. with a good. And and I was actually it was funny because right after the sermon, I I, I did the first training for our new class of elders. Oh, that's exciting! Uh, so it was actually a really apt, and I said this to him, it was a really apt message for them to hear because that's the heartbeat that we want them to carry with them. And I'm, I'm excited about the class of elders we had, but I, and I told them this and, and, and you mentioned this, we've been blessed by an extraordinarily good run of, of ruling elders, members of session. That's what we call them, which <laughs> surprises some people call ruling elders, but that, that takes seriously the concept of shepherding. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. They understand that they are they have a charge over the flock of FPC Lakeland, and some of them have more focus on sp- specific aspects of the flock, which is great because you know we 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 are kind of a multifaceted sort of a church, and uh, I I pray that that um, that all of us that are on staff continue to carry that, and I think we do. I think for the we're not obviously we're not perfect. <laughs> Sure. By yeah. any stretch of no imagination, is, yeah. but uh, I think for the most part, we have a very shepherding mentality. And and one of the my favorite things uh, is to 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 kind of uh, c- come into a situation where I see one of you, you uh, Josh or Anna or Joe Ahern, our children's director, or Mary and our assistant director, Libby Chapel, our special needs coordinator, or or Pastor John, and I'll just kind of be walking down the hall and I'll see them having a shepherding moment mm-hmm. with an individual and, and that that person needs the, the they're the one at that, sec, that second. And, and, and you know, those moments 
that that you, there's probably a thousand other things you could be doing sure. to impact more people in that second. But for that second, God has put you there to say, no, 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 this is the one that's kind of having a wandering moment or a broken leg moment or whatever, and I need you to be the shepherd for that. That to me is one of my favorite parts. Or to even and even our support staff. I've seen them do that. I, oh, yeah. We've made a big deal about Jackie Hansen in, in services lately, but I could say the same thing about um, our our finance people and 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 Anna Mays and it's you know Paul Sewich's his job is to be one on one most often with yeah. people, but. <laughs> Man, what a what a tremendous blessing! So yeah, well, I, I I do appreciate you being here, Josh. And I remind everybody if you missed any one of the uh, messages in our Living Hope series, if you missed Josh's this past week, he was in Classic, I was in Vine. You can check us out on our uh, website fpclakeland.org. Uh, the worship page has a sermon archive tab where you can see complete services. Uh, you can also check out uh, uh, past episodes of Armchair Preaching on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. All from memory, Josh. I know you're super impressed. Right? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I would have stumbled through all uh, of that. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much for hanging out. We, we look forward to having you back again uh, this week. Uh, for those uh, that are coming to FPC, um, we have Pastor John in the Classic Service, and Ed Diaz will be back in Vine this week. And then uh, on the 27th, uh, we will have uh, Brian Morgan in Vine, and Paul Sewich will be in Classic. So we've got a couple weeks of, of uh, some different preachers, but we are, we're blessed with a pretty deep roster of available uh, preachers and teachers of God's Word. So I uh, hope, hope to see everybody soon. And uh, if you're in the state of Florida right now, we are staring down another little, little storm event. So, <laughs> so be safe out there. and. Uh, Josh, thank you once again for hanging out. Thank you. I appreciate you. We'll see you all next time.